y'all like Uncool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my lovely friend and co-host, Mr. Alex Morand. Hi, Alex. So my tagline this week is if my housewife is of the more uh, literary-minded. Don't call me Tom Sawyer, because I can see the bend in the river. Huh? Because Mark Twain wrote that you can't anticipate the bend in the river, but my housewife can. She can see the obstacle coming. She's got good foresight. Is this a Potomac housewife? It's the only river housewife I know. (laughs) Yeah, it could be any of them. Maybe not Wendy. I feel like there's a bend in the river coming for Wendy that she's not anticipating. Well, she can't see over her boobs. I was going to say over the boxes of candles. (laughs) We are also joined by my lovely sister and our co-host, Miss Julia Baker. Hi, Jules. I have high expectations, and I will not be disappointed. Uh Uh-oh. Is this because of what you watched this week? Oh, well, it's because I'm going to Alaska, and I will be seeing a bald eagle, a bear, and a whale. Though I have not actually looked at the migration patterns of whales, so I could be very disappointed. But I refuse to be disappointed, and if I get all three of these creatures in one shot, it's going to be a hole-in-one for me, and I'm going to feel really great. Are you going to mention your other thing you're thinking about, Alaska? Are you going to put that out into the universe? Or is that oh, that I might die? Julia's convinced she's going to die in a helicopter accident. So, <laughs> so, so I'm taking a flight <laughs> to go see bears. I'm going to tell everybody I'm convinced I'm going to die on this trip. Everyone just assumes it's from the bears. But oh no, I'm worried about the helicopter flight. To be honest, the bears didn't even occur to me. <laughs> being the thing that's gonna kill me because i know if you make yourself look really big you're gonna be fine the helicopter doesn't care how big you are no it yeah she said it super casually the other week like when she's like i'm going to alaska soon i'm gonna die in a helicopter accident well it's the first helicopter i will have entered post kobe and as everyone knows i flew with the kobe pilot several times so you feel like you've like final oh, destination so you feel like yourself? this is a final destiny situation? Yeah, we both. Yeah, I also have this weird time. thing like if something pops into my head, I'm like assuming it's gonna happen. So like the it, the situation just occurred to me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna die on this. So now I'm still going. Julia, why are you manifesting? Your I, know, I was gonna say Stop. Julia's not gonna die. She will be back. No, no, I kind of feel like. Well, this happens like anytime I go to the mainland to go driving I'm like I'm gonna die driving and then I never die so maybe it she okay. did write, she did write once a will on a legal <laughs> notepad like the yellow one when I went to Europe because I was convinced I was gonna die when I to <laughs> and I just said that she and her husband left everything to me well I didn't want it to go I didn't want it to go to his family like that was gonna hold up in court I got this sticky note with Julia's signature do you on do it. a new will now every time or are you hanging on to that one. I'll write her a new one Do before Alaska. One. She'll write this one on a whiteboard. So. Wouldn't it be such a bummer though if a bear does kill me? What if the bear is the helicopter pilot? Oh my god, if the bear's then it, it's a twofer. Or a bald eagle gets caught in the propeller okay. and you go down into like a family of bears, but on the way down you see a whale off in the distance. That'd be perfect. Maybe I'll fly on an eagle into the go. horizon. Into the bear. <laughs> no, but if I feel like I've decided I'm going to die, then I'm going to be fine. It's a weird reverse psychology. <laughs> You're playing with the universe. Well, yeah. our very live Julia. <laughs> I 
now. Watched um, The Prince on HBO Max. Alex and I could not bring ourselves to do it. Julia, do you have a quickie review for us? Is this why you want to die? Because you watched so much of The Prince? I feel like The Prince, I haven't finished it. I've only made it through like episode eight. I think there might be something like 10 or 12, like an insane amount of episodes. The Housewives are in all of them? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, Megan Markle joins Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as a second career move. Funny. So that is funny. This show actually makes Megan more likable than any other spoof slash real Megan makes herself. So honestly, you're a Megan fan too. I am a Megan fan, but I feel like she has this thing where she just assumes everyone's going to gravitate towards her and like her. Oh, that's a personality. That's a pet peeve. Julia hates people. That's like her number one. And I sense that off her. That and helicopter bears. (laughs) (laughs) But she's. Super fun and likable in this. But this show was created for me because I'm a huge royal fanatic and I love the housewives. And I'm having a hard time getting through it. Though I did thoroughly enjoy the Lisa Rinna against the Queen. Why? So, like, what is it? It's just not working. The jokes aren't landing. It's just... The jokes are landing. Okay, it's just so specific. As I watch this, I'm like, who else is going to like this but me and Lisa Rinna? Do you like it? Uh, I, it's okay. Okay. I gotta ask, how is Erica's performance? Honestly, Lisa's doing great. Lisa's Uh-oh. doing great. Erica's oh, kind Lord. of, like, she's not given much time. She's kind of fallen flat. Uh-oh. Okay. The most tragic Erica news I've heard lately. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, if you had to give it a letter grade, you can do plus and minuses. What oh, would C you give minus. It? C minus. Oh, no. Okay. I'm Elizabeth. And my tagline this week is, a lie is just the truth with a little bit of spice. Erica, feel free if you're asked for next season. You can borrow it. Ooh. Nice. Will she make it to next season? And do you think she'll be like (laughs) that? Like, (laughs) she'd like admit to that degree? (laughs) No, if Erica comes back next season, her tagline is going to be something like, you think you know the whole story. You don't, but like more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it will be like that. You think you know me, <gasps> but you only know what they write about me. It will It'll be, be that, like Julia, that, or it will be, you think you know the truth, but the truth could be pretty messy. Oh, that's... Pretty mess. Oh, damn, that one's way That better. was really good. Good for me. <laughs> From drinking a hot toddy at the bar to drinking a hot toddy behind the bars. Alex, you and I, we could rock, paper, scissors, whoever wants to email <laughs> Erica... <laughs> Should we start with Beverly Hills? Do we want to start with Beverly Hills? We usually start with Romy. You want to mix it up? We, we got it. Romy. The transition's there. All right. Well, not anymore. <laughs> to Beverly Hills. <laughs> okay. So our episode starts with the Erica walkout, Garcelle saying, I'm going to establish. Okay. Garcelle is saying, I didn't know it was a secret. Crystal is saying, yeah, Garcelle didn't know it was a secret. And this is referring to Hot Tom Mike. Girardi... Calling mm-hmm. Erica Jane multiple times. She is not picking up the phone for legal reasons. And this was a hot mic thing that Garcelle didn't realize they weren't allowed to talk about later. Crystal says like, oh yeah, you weren't in that car when we talked about that. Okay, that's been established. Rena is doing a classic Rena saying that Garcelle needs to own it. And Dorit, for some reason, is involved and saying like, yeah, Garcelle, like you kind of poked the bear. She's going through so much right now. As a viewer, think about like you're the editor you're a producer. How are we as viewers supposed to feel? Whose side are we supposed to be on? I'm obviously on Garcelle's, but like, I feel like I'm not supposed to be, you know? 
how I'm viewing it because we had that hot tidbit that it was a hot mic convo and this is a scene set up by the producers. I am looking at it through that lens. So I feel like Erica Jane is on a reality TV show. She said something on hot mic. That's her mistake. Don't go sobbing. Yeah. She's trying to gain sympathy where right now it's really hard to be sympathetic, especially with news that comes out mere moments after she storms out of the room. I don't get like, what are the producers wanting us the to The producers feel? were wanting the Tom Girardi calls Erica constantly to be out there in the open because it's good tea. Yes. And they didn't know that she would react like that. So this whole drama thing is weird. And they're trying to make this the plot for this episode. Little do they know. Little do they okay. know that mere moments from now we're going to find out how evil Tom Girardi is and how complicit Erica might be. Alex, do you agree? I agree. I also, like, they absolutely knew that that would piss Erica off is my read of it. So they knew they were creating drama that way. But they just weren't cluing Garcelle into that. No, and I think the biggest two plants on this show are Kyle and Rena. Like, those are the biggest producer plants Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, Kyle, all of her confessionals, I feel like, are being written for her by producers. She is like a producer spokeswoman. I don't take anything she says as Kyle-based. Thoughts? 100%, especially because... I can summarize every single Kyle talking head. I can't believe Erica didn't tell us her good friends. This is the truth. How could she not tell us? Like Kyle's trying to make it about. She's the narrator. Yeah. yeah. And she's trying to make it about the friends. Like they're trying to push their plot forward. Little do they know that the real world around them is like so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I was just confused because I was so much on Garcelle's side and I felt like I wasn't supposed to be. Like the producer didn't want me to be. I don't think Lisa was a producer's plant in this specific scene though. I think she is just so, she's just so mad at Garcelle that she's been like waiting for a reason for Garcelle to be the bad okay. guy in the scenario. Okay. Also tracks. And turn the tables on her. <laughs> but in terms of making yourself look bigger than the bear as you confront someone at you, her wearing that giant puffy leopard coat robe (laughs) thing while trying to make herself look like the biggest baddest in the room I found truly funny. Little tiny Lisa Rinna. (laughs) Little tiny Lisa Rinna really puffing up her chest (laughs) to try to like own it to Garcelle who is not letting this Lisa affect her. She's like everything Lisa says Garcelle is just like batting away like Lisa were a fly. A puffy fly. (laughs) I thought when I watched this, because I watched it before Roni, this has got to be the cringiest part we're going to get this week. And oh boy, I'm happy I had this nice little appetizer before Roni. I would like to talk about the women explaining to Garcelle how we're all equal dinner. Um, one out of all of the housewives to explain racism to white people, I think Garcelle, with the help from Crystal, did the most succinct job by far. Did they understand at all? No, they were not understood, but they, it was an impressive. She did get them when she said, do you tell your kids you need to be careful of police shooting you? And they were like, no. And she's like, and they're like, "Mm." I do like Kathy Hilton's hot take. If you don't tell four-year-olds about racism, they won't know about it. And then she said, Kathy, that's a white person privilege that you don't have to talk about racism with your four-year-olds. But we're all equal. Like, they're not able to... That's not me saying that's Kathy Hilton. Like, but we're all equal. I was raised in a house and Dorit 
a person of the world. I was raised in a house where we were all equal. And then Crystal's like, well, I was not because I was going to get talked down to at school. So I think it helped that Crystal and Garcelle are coming at it from two different like cultural standpoints. But man, they could not hear it. And I love how sure of themselves that these white women were. Dorit, they're like, I am fucking nailing this. Dorit gets the most privileged white person award. Absolutely. Well, and Kathy has like the best I'm not racist defensive of all time, which is I was friends with Michael Jackson, who told me he doesn't see color. There, there, there are fewer more problematic statements a white woman can make. <laughs> and even then, Dorit still wins. <laughs> I know. Just because Dorit really... Dorit just doubles down on being so shy. I mean, it's like she's never heard the counter argument to that expression before. I will quote her in case anyone missed the shocking thing she said. I mean, I'm not racist. We've had a lot of people who have worked for us who are very multicultural. I've had a lot of black and Hispanic and Filipino workers. And then there is a silence at the table and Garcelle say, you got any brown people in there that don't work for you? And Dorit kind of like didn't get what she was implying. And then her talking head right after that is, uh, I has, Garcelle's been to my house. <laughs> she knows not all the workers are brown skinned. Now, this wouldn't be a white people cliche sandwich if it didn't end with Dorit's final way of defending her herself. Garcelle, my mom's best friend is black. <laughs> I would love to fact check this. Uh, me too. I don't know their name, but... I think they covered every single cliche. Also worth noting, this started with them saying they were going to have a happy game. I mean, in terms of like a narrative setup, like it's the stuff that they talk about. Like if you wrote a script where it started with, let's do a happy game and then it turned into a discussion of race. Like they throw that script out, but this is real life. And this is why Bravo is better than any scripted programming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that Garcelle was so succinct at her comeback is because all of the women, though they didn't take anything that she said to heart per se, no one started shrieking like Ramona did. I think that was the difference. So everything was super calm. But they were saying the exact same thing Ramona does, though. That's the weird thing, Julia. You're totally right. Ramona's screaming her answers and Dorit is just calmly, slowly explaining So I feel like... Garcelle was able to just slowly pedal the bike forward where Ebony's having to pedal the bike forward like she's on a marathon. And I feel like, so when I watch this, Garcelle versus Ebony and explaining white people what racism is, I feel like Garcelle really got through to them because she was just so, she only had to say everything once. But I honestly think it landed on deaf ears with both of them. Speaking to that, what is your read on Sutton processing this information in this scene? Do you think she's not engaging because she learned her lesson and she like now knows that's like not a good thing to say? Or she learned her lesson not to engage in this conversation and her beliefs remain <gasps> the same? Oh my gosh, Alec! You know what? If it makes Crystal more comfortable, I don't know. If, it, if s- she never says that again... Does it matter? Like, of course, I want her to actually have learned it. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if she yeah, never yeah. looks at mm-hmm. Crystal or anybody ever again and says, I don't see color. If she thought that and never said it out loud, we would have never known. I think Sutton has learned. And this is the mm-hmm. reason why. Sutton is a smart cookie. She's very She smart. learned a lot from her divorce. She came off her divorce on the other side. An amazing forensic financial... <laughs> 
person. Like, she <laughs> understands Erica's trials and tribulations more than anyone else does. She knows she what steps not, coming next. Yeah. yeah, and she does not trust Erica. I think mm-hmm. Sutton really learns from her mistakes. She clearly learned okay. from her divorce. Am I wrong saying that if Sutton ever fucking opens her mouth again, I don't give a shit what she's thinking? And she's not acting on, like, that ideology. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I and guess it's a good thing for her to just shut the fuck up because you don't yeah. want... Cause she's she got nothing to say. Right, she shouldn't speak yeah. for um, Garcelle and Crystal, who are doing an amazing job handling it on their own. Yeah. It's not her and, discussion. And here, let me backtrack for a second. What I mean by I don't care if she learned or she didn't learn, because... At the end of the day, what do we want from Sutton? Like, you know, begin with the end of mind. We want her to not voice an opinion that is going to hurt the people who are trying to share their life experience. So if she actually learned her lesson, she would remain quiet. If she didn't learn her lesson, but she learned that she needs to be quiet on camera, it's still letting Garcelle and Crystal say what they need to say, where I feel like kind of, let's take Leah, for example, who does know more than Sutton, like what the proper thing to do in that situation but i feel like sometimes she instead of being like an ally with ebony kind of like steps on her toes does that make more sense mm-hmm. okay yeah kathy corner can we end with kathy corner because there oh were God. some gems this week <laughs> go for it okay so kathy is helping sutton get ready for their indoor dinner and she tells sutton that her necklace is a little daytime which is the best critique i've ever heard it's one of the best lines I've ever seen in a TV show. For, honestly, I like, I wrote down, I was like, I'm going to like use this in something. It's so Oh, good. it is on par with Maggie Smith's ad lib in Gosford Park, Tricky Color Green. So good. Kathy Hilton, Maggie Smith, same energy. Mm-hmm. Now, Julie, I'm going to just piggyback off your Kathy corner. Not only does she say, that's more of a daytime necklace to Sutton. It was currently daytime. <laughs> My other Kathy moment is when Kathy makes this weird grunting wolf sound, scaring half the ladies on the couch with her. And then she says, I'm just burring. I'm cold. Uh, I think my Kathy moment is her, it's just like apropos of nothing at that dinner at the end, bringing up that initial Sutton and Crystal moment where Sutton says, I don't see color. Kathy started that entire conversation for no reason. It was just kind of like, hey, remember when Sutton said that thing? That's basically how she, like, it was not smooth. And what I like to think is, like, the producers call Kyle and Lisa run over and Kathy, like, wanders over too. They're like, whatever, she could stay here. And they're like, remember to say your line. And then Kathy looks directly into the camera and is like, hey, do we remember when Sutton? When Sutton made a racism? Oh, boy. Are we going to not talk about Erica's LA Times thing? Oh, shit. I feel like we've known about it for so long. It's so weird that the women hadn't it's caught true. up with us it's yet. True. And we'll we'll learn more, we'll talk more about that next episode, I'm sure. Really fast, what do we think about Sutton yeah. gathering the girls for a housewives meeting? Minus Erica. I think it's gonna backfire on her big time. I think they're all gonna like throw her under the bus, being like, How dare you go yeah, against Erica? Sure. Yeah, me too. I don't blame yeah. Sutton though for being worried about being affiliated with Erica right now. She's saying legally too, like, wait, am I gonna get is my name gonna be in this? I mean that's that's a little I think that's, that's a little Leah worrying about being on <laughs> Luann's Christmas album. But huh. 
I But image wise for sure for her to be associated with her, yeah, that's She that is on a lot of like charity boards and like help people, so I could see her being like, I want no part in this. And out of all of these women, only one of them is thinking, What the fuck? I think Garcelle and Crystal, because Garcelle points out look at the people who left and look at the people who stayed and it's Garcelle and Crystal but they're also newer to the cast that's why I didn't get the comment like Garcelle's like I don't feel ever included but like they're old cast members you could have also gone outside everyone else just stood up and walked out Crystal chose not to stand I also didn't really know what she meant by that yeah yeah it was weird it's like you chose not to be out there you weren't well she was just yelled at for 45 minutes I was gonna say conspiracy theory Uh uh-huh it was something about that was brought up in the producer screaming that was cut. Okay. Like, it, look, it's us doing all this, and then you three are blah, 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 blah. Like, I okay. feel like maybe that was there. But then what are we watching? Bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New York? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, probably the most uncomfortable episode of Bravo we've seen, and how many times have we said that in the last couple months, but holy smokes. Um, Let's start with some light Ramona. Ramona and the realtor. Michael Lorber, Sonia's best friend, as Sonia says in this episode at at one point, that had me go, what, is that the same Michael that Ramona was with? And I had to Google it. It was very, very confusing. Um, Do we think Ramona's going to be a good realtor? Or do we think this is a Shep in Southern Charm type scene that we were watching? Oh my gosh, I forgot he was going to become a realtor with Cameron. Ramona just needs to remember to become a good realtor. Never eat soggy waffles. Northeast, Southwest. She truly doesn't know direction, to say the least. Like, it, watching her do this was super cringe. She hit her co-worker yes. who was taken... Wait, what's his name? Michael. She hit Michael. And yelled, let me do it! When he tried to help her clarify that, no, that was not the exit. <laughs> and shushed him repeatedly. She's so nervous. I was so upset because she had a talking head during the sequence where she's talking about like why she wants to be a realtor. And she says, I like being busy and I like making money. And I was like, she's going <gasps> to say the aphrodisiac thing. But she didn't. I was so upset. And I think that's it for Light Ramona. Wanted to get want to get into heavy Ramona. Oh my gosh. I was going to say like, oh, we could talk about Sonia's first date. But there's nothing to say. You, you didn't think there were sparks? No, but Sonia's amazing on her first date. You know what's worse than being on a first date? Watching a first date. No, but didn't you think that she was giving it her all? Yeah, I want to be on a first date with it. Sonia, not that guy. Well, here's the thing. I was watching this with my girlfriend, Rebecca, who pointed out Sonia was acting in the scene the way Sonia acted in like season three when we're like we were introduced to Sonia and she was like more presentational. She was Miss Morgan. Yeah. Oh, she was totally. classy, Sonia. Yes. She didn't, she wasn't talking about peeing on people's driveways. She ordered a virgin Bloody Mary. Which I actually thought was an interesting kind of look into how Sonia's thinking because she knows alcohol gets her in trouble. Mm -hmm. So when they're doing those interventions and she's being like, shut up, she knows that they're right. She also, though, she could have done it. She did not drag him through the mud. She was very cute. She's like, it doesn't seem like sparks are flying, but you never know. I thought she said that they were going to go on another date. They do, but it was kind of like, oh, see you, hope to see you soon. And then she did like a shrug. 
you know, probably not going to happen. Yeah. Benefit but of the doubt, there was a camera there. Because they're filming, there can be no music or any outside noise. So they're sitting in a silent room with a bunch of camera people and a boom in their face. And he's probably nervous. Yeah, but you'd think he would have behaved a little better. Charmless, this man. He really was not bringing it at all. All right, we've stalled long enough. I, I don't even know what to say. I can't believe Ramona was so rude and Date classy. I know that we've seen her do some horrible stuff before, but not only is she racist, she's also anti-Semitic. Is that what we're talking about? The Jews hate her, Julia. (laughs) The Jews discriminated against me. Oh my God. I didn't think that anything, like, it was so bad. It was so bad. The Jewish people hated her in college. She's oblivious to uh, the impact she has. And I think that's best exemplified by Luann chucking that snowball at her when they're about to enter the house. And she, she doesn't notice it. She's in her own world. <laughs> she really doesn't. I thought she was going to lose her mind. It was really nice to have two audience plants, uh, Ebony's friends, who are oh, brother and sister. I love them. Just watching them look at each other and giggle. I mean, I, I'm happy that they were having a good time. Because poor Archie, the host, was kind of freaking out. I think Archie also was a little too drunk. I got that vibe, too. She yeah. definitely seemed drunk. And you could tell it was going to be bad when Ramona goes in there guns blazing and starts insulting the table setting and the napkins that Archie had sewn. Mm -hmm. And Sonya even says, this is going to be bad because she's on high alert. She's pissed. Before we get into like, like how bad Ramona gets, I will say in Ramona's defense, Leah was being very annoying on the, uh, the camera. Yeah. Oh my God. Hang on. FaceTime Leah. You can't actually participate. She should have pre-recorded her prayer and then had just been done that was it you got exposed to covid you're not you're no longer included it's just you don't get to yell bitches yeah when we've been exposed to covid we weren't allowed to be included like it's just we all had to face that um we knew that's my one defense of ramona there was a lot of foreshadowing though that black spot was not going to go very well and that's for the last three episodes where this has been teased to us everyone keeps saying how much fun it's going to be warning sign number one that something will be Mm. not fun also black shabbat was clearly planned when ebony was dating a jewish man that relationship did not make it therefore black shabbat might be doomed to not be a success also you invited ramona so these are the three reasons why Black Shabbat was going to be troublesome at best. Also, it's uh, like for a lot of women who are having a really hard time handling race discussions to then handle the race and Jewish relation discussions. It was kind of like giving them a final exam on a test that- on a <laughs> test in tw- for like a senior when they had showed up to kindergarten the day before it. Yeah. They clearly couldn't handle it. No. No one. Even Luann. Luann, know who did learn her lesson? Luann. And she might be thinking, just like I said before, she might be thinking all the stuff Ramona's saying, but she's smart enough to keep Mm -hmm. her mouth shut. And she even is kind of like approaching this, not in like a Ramona saying all this because she's uncomfortable about race, just Ramona's fucking nuts. Let's go let her tucker herself out. 
Yeah, Luann did the right thing because even Sonia, in her attempt to um, try to be on the right side of things, just un- makes just unfortunate word choices. Yeah, makes it worse. Like your comment, like we need to listen to the blacks mm-hmm. and Jews. The blacks yeah. screaming that really loud. Again, brother-sister combo, whispering at each other. Did you hear her say the blacks? Like, giggling under the... I was so happy. They had a sense of humor, and they were good people. Oh, my gosh, because it could have been bad. But, like, they whispered to each other, I also needed a margarita. I can't imagine how uncomfortable that would be to sit there. Mm Because I couldn't watch it. I watch it on my phone on Hulu. And Hulu has a feature where you can do other stuff in the background. And I made that screen as tiny as I possibly could and was... Doing all sorts of other stuff on my phone because I couldn't watch. I could not be a part of that dinner in any sense. This episode, though, was evidence enough for me fully behind the theory that Leah is fucking a rabbi. Why else would she be converting? Watching her do that homework. Because she hates her mom that much. Bunny is super Catholic. I think she's sleeping with a rabbi. I think it could be both. I think the truth could lie between. When uh, Leah, our opening scene, is practicing her Hebrew prayer... She clearly hadn't been practicing enough because she sounded like a sim saying it. Harukata! <laughs> Instead of actually saying the prayer. Uh-huh. It was funny how affected Sonia and Ramona were by the prayer, though. Very unexpected. They were practically crying over it. I mean, Ramona going, oh my gosh, I forgot Ramona goes into the kitchen and demands real food. And Skinny shames a PA. <laughs> and then she screams, I'm just going to the bathroom. Can't I go to the bathroom? Ah. <sighs> Is Ramona going to get... Is she going to be back next season? She's working really hard to get fired. She's working overtime to get herself fired. It's wild to watch the self-destructiveness. And we've seen some bad stuff. We've seen Catherine from Southern Charm. We just watched Dorit and Kathy Hilton. But this is like a different brand of Mm -hmm. over-racism. Yeah, she refuses to listen and just sticks to the same All Lives Matter mantra. Um, which makes mm-hmm. me think that she might not come back. All she would have to do was just not say She could have Luann. Don't say anything. Don't say don't anything. Don't say anything. Just don't call me a grandma. That's all <laughs> Luann cares about. Yeah. Luann's just ageist. That's her onlyism. <laughs> all right. Way out the door. Sonia, our, I don't know, kind of helpful person. Peas on Archie's driveway. <laughs> I, is it bad that I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited we get to talk about Sonia's alcoholism. I'm ready for something light. Right <sighs> gosh. Potomac? Yeah, something fun. Yes. All right, Potomac, thank you for holding us strong and true. If it wasn't for Potomac, I don't know if I could have gotten through this week. And shout out to Miss Ashley Darby, who went to work the day she gave birth. And the day she came home from the hospital, that girl is earning her paycheck. Give her a raise and stirring up trouble, nonetheless. Hey, as I've said before, mm-hmm. and that's why she's, she's the, the best, best housewife. housewife. Yep, she's so good. I, oh, she's my favorite housewife by far. Um, we learned a lot about Ashley's family this week. We learned that. Well, personally, I learned that Michael stresses me out so much. Not only does he grab men's butts occasionally on set. He also (laughs) doesn't hold his newborn son's head. Head? As someone who just held her new nephew this week, like I could not (laughs) even watch. Oh yeah, not all the Not my kid. I couldn't even watch Michael holding his new son. Another thing we learned is that Dean 
has amazing taste and as good as Mia's intuition on people. Because we saw him cry his head off when he saw LaDom. But when he sees Giselle, he is happy as a clam. I would pick LaDom over Giselle any day. I do not trust Giselle. But people see her beautiful soul. Mia and Dean both saw Giselle's beautiful soul. Dean's going to turn on her and poop all over. (laughs) I also think that this new baby Dylan is way cuter than baby Dean was. Julia, you can't baby shame. I mean, Dean looks exactly like his dad. Yes, you can. I'm here for it. I'm here for the baby shame. I'm the biggest baby shamer. I am, like, (laughs) so judgy. When somebody said that Ashley's son looked like their father, she did get mad. And Dylan is really cute. (laughs) Dylan's a cute baby. Okay. What is going on with Wendy? I feel like it's snowballing at this point. Her weird cutout Forever 21 outfit, as Giselle said. Yeah, it's she's just trying too hard. And Giselle even commented um, when she's telling Ashley about the PJ party, she says that basically Wendy wore lingerie, which she did. Why is Wendy trying to sexualize herself so much? And it's funny because she's like... Why is she treating her guy Eddie like that? What was that scene about? Being so aggressive and weird. Just not listening to him. Just like, yeah. I mean, that's my male perspective, which everyone needs (laughs) when thinking about these Bravo shows. No, he was asking good questions. Things I could not believe. She's like, I haven't thought of. I thought Wendy was supposed to be all this smart with professor with four degrees. She didn't know you have to copyright a name. And you can't take something that's already been copyrighted. I think it's an act. I think it's an act. I think she's just going full housewife mode. I think this is a performance. You think she's switched from four degrees to bimbo? Well, we know that business degree was not one of the four degrees. (laughs) Like like we've said, she's Mm -hmm. studied these shows, you know? Like we've said, she's studied how a lot of other housewives are. Playing dumb, like that's more, she thinks that's more of an entertaining character to be. Being shitty to your husband for no reason. Yeah. Well, being shitty to her husband, no reason, not knowing, like, how your business is going to pan out. Just, like, fully, like, playing that character. Dressing the way she's dressing. It's, like, it's such a 180 in terms of, like, how she was last season. It's a different person. There's no way she just, like, dropped her whole personality like that. Without it being a a carefully constructed thing. Unless she had a total crisis in the pandemic. Wait, do you think she signed a contract to do four seasons and we're going to get the four Wendy's? Oh my God. <gasps> the four degrees of Wendy? <laughs> yes. And this is degree two. Whoa. Oh my the God. The second degree. Third degree will be divorce and fourth degree will be triumph. Ah. Oh. Or problematic. <laughs> and then she'll friend of and put her out. <laughs> but she's like presenting herself the way like a new housewife would typically present themselves much like she's she's very similar to Mia right now for me it's very superficial mm-hmm. she's trying to be Mia and Mia's trying to be season 1 Wendy yeah oh, yes. interesting Mia is giving us everything my favorite scene i loved her family picnic so stage that was very mary poppins esque with the umbrella and the boys and their little like stripes very natural <laughs> Oh, I just loved it. Um, she's had a really, really mm-hmm. rough. Oh, her past. life has been like tragic. The fact that she is still standing, much less super successful. And I wasn't a fan of the women being like, "Oh my God, you were a stripper or not a stripper?" Like whatever she was. Um, she was a stripper. Did you see her with that pole? I don't know. She could have been like, like, well, she said like an escort. Like escorts don't necessarily mean you're gonna sleep with them. Like, being an escort's legal. You can do that. 
I, there are those I hope she was a stripper. Speaking of the poll, that was such a like, I didn't study for the test. Uh, yeah, I'm also not going to get a good grade thing. But then she's just like amazing at the poll. This is the <laughs> first time I have given a shame on Bravo this big. What? Our angle on the pole tee, strip tees from all the women. Oh, from behind? From behind. They didn't have a camera at the right angle. They clearly didn't know we were I need a multi-cam it. situation, Julie. I need lighting. I need music. And this is how we know Mia was a professional stripper. Yeah. She knew where the camera was. The only one who gave Good her audience her. a performance was Mia. She was working the angle. She was working the back. She knew where that camera was. I like that part of Mia. Like... That she had, you know, she had to work it in a different way and um, kind of reminds me of Erica Jane Roots because she worked at, what was it called? Oh, I don't remember uh, the place. We Knockers or something ago. like that. Erica worked at something like that. There also wasn't a strip club that was totally a strip club. Wendy will work there next year. Third degree of Wendy. <laughs> Third degree Knockers. of Wendy. But like, I didn't like that Giselle <laughs> was trying to shame her for all that, like, oh my gosh, let's all talk shit about you. And then it turns out that Mia has this horrible, abusive past. And escaped, you know, a, a really sad family situation was in foster care. And this is how she, like, kind of rags to riches story. Her dad threw her into a TV. Did you, have you seen the scars on her she face? She does I thought scars. they might be acne scars, but now I think it's scars mm-hmm. from that. That's not going to, yeah, like, you're not going to do well. And she said that the teacher noticed the scars. Mm-hmm. And she didn't go home again. Like, holy shit. Her shirt shit. had blood on it. And it then she said, I feel like I'm like my dad. So she... You know, clearly she's not abusive, but also the fact that she's having to pick that she's like her dad, so she doesn't have to pretend like she's like her mom. Well, her dad's the one who threw her into the TV. Right, but she says, I feel like, she said on the picnic, I feel like I'm like my father. Oh, because she doesn't know her mom at all because right. her mom is a heroin addict. So she's trying to relate to one of her parents and both of them are so, like, just Screwed such up, awful yeah. parents. Even after Robin and Giselle hear this story, they still banish her the lower level oh my god that was so bitchy of robin i moved your stuff it but w- mia victor battles 10 points for mia she's like oh, no 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 i'll get you somewhere else yes. that's why i first i've been like why mm-hmm. is mia a housewife that is why oh she'll get that later mia's a queen of housewives she's, she's gonna be smart i feel like ashley darby is gonna have to really step it up and get over her postpartum because you think Mia is coming for her might be a runner-up for my favorite housewife coming up here. She also won. Mia did get welcomed into the cool house. She did get cool house. She got cool housed. And I wouldn't want to be on the top floor with Candace, Giselle, and uh, Robin, Robin either. Yeah. Another thing in Mia's favor is she like instinctively knew to side against Wendy mm-hmm. immediately at the top of this season. I think that was a really good play on her part. Think- Wendy feels intimidated by her first season housewife status because Wendy hasn't known anything other than first season housewife. And also, Mia is like the blueprint of who Wendy is trying to become in our eyes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. here comes mm-hmm. a housewife who skipped her first season. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like she's not having any growing pains. Here she is. And now we know that she has this like, crazy past and she's seen it and she's still like very positive i feel like mia has like very good energy i know that's stupid to say where wendy is giving off like oh my gosh i realized wendy is like a middle schooler like she's not finding herself she's so uncomfortable in who she is and that's why she feels so like chaotic Mm -hmm. just so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in her own skin well it's also uh so wendy when we had four degree wendy last season 
her big thing is I'm Nigerian. My parents had to fight for everything we have. And I am now a symbol for my parents. Like I'm like a trophy for them. Right. But Mia has had to actually fight on her own. She got thrown out by herself for everything she had. As a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. She even beat Wendy's backstory. Yeah. I think that there's going to be more fights to come. There's no way this is Wendy's most authentic self, by the way. She keeps telling us, and it seems very inauthentic when she says I feel like if you tell somebody who you are, like, that's the opposite of who you are. Yep. I do have to say, because Potomac is so good and so fresh, this Giselle Ladom fight is old and tired. Just make up. I'm so tired of this. I agree. And it seems like Karen doesn't care anymore either. So Giselle is just trying to pick a fight to pick a fight. Are you talking about the fact that she forgot while they were fighting and Ascala had to <laughs> yeah. chime in a reminder? I've cooled on Ascala, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Ascala, I think Ascala's too up front. Like, she's doing a good job getting the jabs in there. But last time she did a jab at, who was it, Mia? It didn't land either. Remember Karen, like, mm-hmm. skirted by? Mm-hmm. They're starting to get her number. So that's why Ascala's a friend of. All right. Awards? Yes. Yeah. All right. Awards. I'm going to start us off with the Candy's Crab Cakes Award, named after Candy from Atlanta, Mm. who was pissed that she did not get crab cakes. Those girls were hungry on that group trip. And Kenya Moore. Kenya Moore let us down. I'm giving this award to Giselle, who wanders downstairs after they arrive and notices a spread and just digs right in. Poor Candy would be very jealous. I hope you have some crab cakes, Giselle. Alex, your award. My award for Best Actress in a Drama Series, goes to Linda Doyle for her lead role on The Genetic Investigator CBS <laughs> Mondays this fall. Linda Doyle, of course, on Roni this week, trying to figure out who Ebony's dad is. I just thought it was a very interesting job for someone to have. So congrats. <laughs> congrats, Linda Doyle. She was so excited that Ebony had already done Ancestry.com because you knew that's exactly what she was going to do. And she's like, oh, I can see this? Yes. Like, oh, I'll get this done in two minutes now. <laughs> Julia, your award. My award of the Mia I Got My Clit Done Award goes to Robin, who after this episode, I think might need to have her clit done because two things happened. She smashed into the stripper pole? She smashed into the stripper pole and she wore a one piece that was riding up her vagina and hurting her clit, end quote. So congratulations, Robin. You took that inspiration of clit talk and made it all about you. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at likeuncoolpodcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all. 